The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Howard streaks in. Streaks in. Touchdown. Parsons has second. Prescott keeps it. And he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Talking Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, as we welcome you in to the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco, following a Cowboys 2-0 start to the NFL season with a 30-10 win over the New York Jets. I saw a stat this morning that the Dallas Cowboys, of course, at 2-0, all six teams in the NFL last year that started 2-0 made the playoffs. So there you go. Now, there were some 1-1 teams and 0-2 teams that made the playoffs, including the Bengals, who went all the way to win their division. And uh, again, back to a conference title game. So it doesn't always mean and doesn't always translate to success, but off to a great start for the Cowboys. Back here with Nick Harris, John Machoda, Isaiah Stanback, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how we doing? What's Yo, up, I'm John? I'm ready for the playoffs right now. To be oh, <laughs> you're just fast forward? I mean, at least fast forward to the San Francisco game. <laughs> it's like you're playing Madden. You're playing Dynasty mode. Yeah. You just whooped up on the first two teams, and now you're trying to sim weeks three and I four. I mean, two years ago, I wouldn't have said that. But now when you go 12 wins, 12 wins. I'm ready for the playoffs. Let's, let's let's see where this thing matches up. Let's go. We we just got back to football season. We were excited about Hawksnard. We were excited about training camp. Oh, and, I'm excited, but, but I'm excited for to see is this different? Yeah, that thing because that's where it'll be. That is where it'll be decided. And they win 14, 15 games the regular season. It will be decided there in mm, January. That's true. That's kind of what it feels like around Cowboys fans right now. It's like a it's a cautious optimism of okay, they look really really good, right? And it feels different. But we've said it before, and here we are again. It's just, just stay like, healthy, man. It's yeah. like having your heart broken like a hundred times, and you just you just keep coming back, ready yeah. to go every single year. But um, I, it, we could fast forward to January if it means no injuries, and we can just right, get there. there. So I, I'm with you on that boat, John. Yeah, just get get us to January. Let's start January tomorrow, so we have no injuries. We can go to the playoffs fully healthy. <laughs> Was there any anxiety as a player? In, in like looking ahead like that, or was it truly a week to week game? Week to week. There wasn't like one point where you looked ahead. I mean, there, no. I mean, you really can't in this league. I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, I guess it's natural to look forward, but you can't look past any teams. I mean, you snap yourself out of it relatively quickly. Even if you do, even if you do. I mean, my first year here in Dallas, we went thirteen to three. We weren't losing many games, but you still had to look at it at a week to week thing. I mean, cause, because ultimately you could be out, or you might not even have a job the following week. I mean, that's just the reality of this league. You know, there's, oh, you know, it's way different for the players than it is for media. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I say that as a media member. If I was a player, I'm thinking every single game, every single time I can get a chance to even touch the ball, or if I'm on defense, make a play. Like I'm looking at it as it's going to help me as well as the team to stay in this league longer. So I would, oh man, if I was a player, no, I would never look at it that way. I would every, every chance I get to be out there like a Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn right now would be fine with them playing 25 games this season, you know, but from the media perspective, I always like to make that clear. I'm talking about myself that I'm ready for. And that's <laughs> just because you, you, I mean, I mean, I started covering the team in 2011. So who's left from then? Uh, Tyron. Yes. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I'm just saying I've seen a lot of 
uh, you know, a lot of turnover. Yeah, I've seen a lot of good regular seasons. To me, this season will be judged on what they do in January. So that's why. But I am really looking forward to the San Francisco game a lot. Isaiah, do the players even know the schedule? Outside of who they're playing that week, like if I <laughs> no. if I mention uh, at least I did, I can speak for myself. They no. probably know. Okay, Cardinals this week, and then they probably know the Patriots I next mean, week yeah, because you, of Zeke. I mean, it, because you have Zeke on the other side. At least some of the guys do. You're just not looking that far in advance. I, I can only speak for myself. I mean, but I really didn't. I mean, you look at the schedule obviously before mm-hmm. training camp, and like, okay, ooh, this is gonna be tough, or oh, whatever. You know, I can't wait to play this person, but. And once you get into the season, it's there's so much information being conveyed. And there's so much that you're digesting. I mean, you're literally a computer. You're you're expected to be a computer. Learn all this information, right? And then as soon as this week is over, push the delete button, clear space so that you can now upload some more for the next team. And that's literally how it operates. So that's why it's funny when Kyle's like, you remember mm-hmm. when such and such happened? I'm like, nah. Because <laughs> I, I, I literally, once the week is over, I delete the information. I delete it out of my head. It's gone. I'm on to the next one. Okay, give me more information so I can upload it. I only have so much so much uh, hard drive space. Right. I, I have it. Boom. I, I execute it. All right, then it's gone out of my head. Okay, next week. Let me yeah. ask you this. Maybe I'm not saying Arizona's a pushover by any means, but you're going into a game against a lot of backups, and A, Joshua Dobbs, Buda Baker's not going to be out there. Mm-hmm. Would you try to integrate anything new into your game just to see if it works? Like, oh, I got this new release. Let me try it out in the second or third quarter once we kind of built a lead. Would you Would you do any of that? I, mean, I think you do that every game because okay. there's, because right. there's different yeah. person. There's there different personnel on the field, right? So every player is different. You're always trying to figure out, okay, hey, versus this type of personnel versus this type of player, what can I get away with, right? What can I do? Does this work? Does this? Okay, no, that doesn't work. Okay, all right, that's not good. All right, let's not, let's not put that on film anymore. Or yeah. I don't want to expose this too early. Okay. Right, I don't want to. I don't want to Kellen Moore it. I don't want to empty my my, my Christmas bag. <laughs> don't so, make Kellen Moore into a verb. Absolutely, I don't want to Kellen Moore. I don't want to empty my Christmas bag too early. Right, I got. I still got some goodies in here. Let's keep it under wraps. If we don't have to unveil it, let's keep it there. I mean, much like. Much like Coach McCarthy, what he's doing right now on the offensive side of the ball, he's doing a great job. Week one, he put Turpin in the backfield. What does that do? Okay, all right, I'm trying some things out. Is he capable of carrying this workload? Can, I, we, can we rely on him? Can we trust him? Also, let's put the league on notice that, hey, we have the ability to do this. The next week, okay, we come back, all right, we're playing against the Jets. Now I'm going to throw the ball to freaking like eight different people. Eight of them. You know what I'm saying? And like everybody touches the ball. Everybody's capable. I'm moving guys around. Okay, guess what? Now I have more trust. Now I believe that my guys can do it. Also, the league is on notice. So every week you're going to continue to expel and expand upon what you're trying to do. But a lot of it is just trial and error. Can I do it? Okay, cool. All right, boom. Perfect. All right, that works. Put it in the back. All right, does that work? Okay, yeah, you're capable. Okay, cool. Put it in the back. And then when you really need all of that stuff, you throw it all on the table and you're like, okay, cool. What can I make with this? Mm-hmm. You know, based upon your opponent. But you're not going to try out new things. Kind of to Nick's question, you're not going to try out new things against Sauce Gardner. You're not going to try out new, new things against Jalen Ramsey. You're going to do what works because you got to take advantage of all those snaps. But you don't know what works until you go out there against those guys. I mean, you can see stuff that other guys do against them that you can mm-hmm. say, okay, who? That's the weakness of him. But until you go against that person, you don't know what mm-hmm. works because they're they're constantly adjusting as well. Yeah, they're making their own yeah. moves. That's interesting to think about because it's not only from a scheme standpoint, like Isaiah's talking about with Kellamore and what he did last year, and you show all this early, but it's a little bit too much, and then you kind of have to make up for it on the back end. It's not just scheme; it's individual plays, and it's individual players having to to. Finute detail every part of their game. I, I would say with Sauce specifically, just because you brought up the name, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to see length and size like you, you see with Sauce on the boundary every single week. So you would almost want to try new things against Sauce because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I'm going to have to do something different do here because different. his arms are elastigirl over here, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, secondly, I don't feel like we're going to see even 
70% of what this offense looks like until San Francisco, L.A., back-to-back. Really? I, I, that's, that's just me thinking because, you know, you go into Arizona, um, you know, I, again, a really good opponent, uh, especially in the second level. I like a couple of their guys in the second level, but I don't feel like they're going to have to open up similar to how they've done in the first two weeks. You go into New England, you're probably going to have to open up quite a bit there, but then you go into San Francisco with probably like a 50% unscouted look. So I, that would be ideal. I don't feel like you're going to see a lot until the San Francisco game from this offense. If When I said earlier about just wanting to start the playoffs, I will give you one thing that I am looking forward to as the season unfolds, and it is how teams react to what they're seeing from Mike McCarthy's Cowboys offense because there is going to be a lot of differences, and, and I think we've seen some of them already. And uh, it'll be interesting to see as we get in the later in the season when there is more t- t- you know, film on what did they do in these situations, who's lining up where in these situations. It'll be interesting to see what those tendencies maybe are. Maybe that, those are some things that you can draw off of. But um, also I was thinking when he said he was as a player looking at the schedule, I was just thinking, yeah. If you were a player in this team, I'm sure the first thing that jumped out to you is that December game Jeez. in Buffalo. Like yeah. I just every time, every time I look it at is. the schedule, it's like it, it just jumps out. Like oh man, December. Yeah. Like cool. you know, Buffalo's gonna be on the schedule in, in Buffalo, but you're like, let's do this in September, October or something. You mm-hmm. see, it's like late December. Yeah. Every time I think about it, I have to put a hoodie on. Like, yeah. Just, I'm, I'm not looking forward to the weather. <laughs> and it's so, an it's, extra it's one down so here if you need to layer up. <laughs> like here in Dallas, you think about that stuff, but yeah. like in my time in New England, like literally. It was a warm game mm-hmm. in comparison to what we were experiencing in practice in Foxborough. Like yeah. we were literally practicing in minus. It was a minus fifteen, minus twenty. It was one of those conditions. It was zero degrees and it was like thirty miles per hour gusts. Mm-hmm. That's what the temperature was. And the coach was like, "Whatever it is outside, we're in it." And we were like, "Dang!" <laughs> and then like we went sure to go play an indoor coach. Dude, we went to go play in Buffalo and it was like twenty degrees. We we're like, "Oh, this feels awesome out here." <laughs> that, that's so interesting to me too, because I mean. You think about it in two ways. Of one, it's like how how do you ever practice in in those type of conditions? But also, then when you get to the game, it's like the, the game's nothing, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I'm trying if to you're think able to get through is, that, has anybody won the Super Bowl without having to go through that? I'm trying to think if these Rams did. Like, I just I'm I'm a big proponent of like I think what he's talking about, mm-hmm. and I know this isn't going to sound good for the Cowboys, but I think that's ideal. Yeah, to that those are the conditions to be you in, have to get to build it. for winning championships because I think that at some point you are going to have to go through I'm, but the Rams are the one I'm thinking of right now Do they checking. have to play they're one of the few teams that I can think of because everyone else like you're going to have to go through one of those games I think of how many times the Patriots had to win tough games like well, I mean heck mm-hmm. they had to win tough games at home and, and weather conditions and stuff like that but there's just so many games in that Patriots dynasty run that they're not in great weather conditions they're not in the you know the best you could argue maybe Tampa Bay, too. Yeah. Tampa Bay didn't necessarily have to go through anything crazy like that. But, I mean, Kansas City, every time New England won it. Philadelphia, New England again. Denver at times, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that, that could probably be one. Patriots, I'm just Seahawks, January, late Ravens. Ju- late January in Philadelphia would probably be the one here if the Cowboys don't win the division. So that's even yeah. more incentive to win the division because if they do, then they can avoid that. The Rams had to play at Green Bay on November 28th and at Baltimore on January 2nd. So I assume they got one of those two with, uh, with some cold. A little hoodie or two. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of chilly, chilly. Okay, that's interesting to, to think about. But, yeah, the the elements play a factor into it. The schedule doesn't necessarily play a factor into it, at least looking ahead for the Cowboys. All right, we did our helmet stickers yesterday. We didn't have John Machota, and we're also revealed a fan vote, but we'll let we'll let John go first. So you guys said you already did 
We uh, had, yeah, yesterday we did Mike McCarthy. That was mine. Right. Micah Parsons was Nick Harris's. Okay. And then Isaiah Stanback said uh, D-Law. D-Law. Yeah, those Big are D-Law. Those are all. So you're leaving me basically with C.D. Lamb. <laughs> defense. And Brandon Aubrey. Oh, those are two good ones. I'll go with Aubrey. Hey. Not, none of these really fit Brandon. Uh, man. I'm, I got to give those to you earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I mean, you go five for five and make one from 55. That looked like it would probably have been good from 70. That's probably a good good day at the office there. He's exceeded my expectations already. I guess I just had like a low bar. Uh, I didn't know what to expect from Brandon Aubrey. So for him to uh, uh, to kick that well, uh, I'm pretty impressed by that. I don't know. I went with a donut last week, so I'm going to donut again. <laughs> there we it's, go. It's early. What's the significance? Because that's yeah. how many kicks he's missed. Uh, this hey. Zero kicks hey. missed. Like that. um, that's good. Hey. It looks like it's got some green frosting on it. He went to Notre Dame. Extra that's point. all I got. Played soccer at Notre Extra Dame. Yeah. Yeah, we don't count those. I'll say kick, you know. He hasn't missed anything since then. Uh, also just makes me look across the rest of the league and just see how uh, tough it is to find uh, quality kicking. And, frankly, the Cowboys didn't make that big of an investment in it when you think of they the didn't financial. Miss. No. Yeah. <laughs> It is, it is funny. I do like hearing the backstories of, like, with – it's just very clear that kickers are kind of a sore spot with Jerry Jones. And uh, mm. and he can be pretty cr- critical of the kickers. And I just think it's funny how he's come out in the last few days and talked about how, like – got a kicker. Yeah, got a kicker. Uh, you know, we didn't get in the red z- – or we didn't score touchdowns in the red zone. But, hey, that's because we wanted to see what we had from the kicker. And then he even made the joke the other day about uh, – um, how they put that that was on Steven's plate that was for Steven to figure mm-hmm. out hey you know and I think Steven said it yesterday on the radio about how like oh yeah now there's a lot of pressure on the owner to for us to find this kicker and because remember they went it's not like this has been their guy since like drafted him or something like that I no. mean there was some real uncertainty there about who was going to be all the way going into training camp and uh, there were definitely some days at training camp where I, I don't think that I was like oh yeah yeah Aubrey's the guy and to have that game uh, the other day, yeah. No, I'll give it to him. That I think was it big. Was the moment during training camp, whenever they had the mojo moment with Vizcano was still in the building and Brandon Aubrey, and they want to combine like one for eight. Yeah. And the media was just looking at each other like, oh boy. That was a Saturday yeah. practice. We were live yeah. during that practice, and Bill Jones got hit with a football. And me. During that practice. Yeah, you, you didn't catch it, though. So hey, I'm not even hey, 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 hey. Yeah. You well, I, I don't think hey. you were expecting special football teams. to come in your direction. Look, we were more worried about the ball when the ball I, hit you. You know what? Hit me in the head. That's why. Ding. <laughs> oh, that's it. Brandon Aubrey, though. Yeah, give credit where credit is due. Fourth Cowboys rookie kicker to make at least five field goals in a game, and the first one since Dan Bailey did it against Washington back in 2011. So that was your first year covering the team, right? Yeah, yeah. good times. Yeah, that was wild, though. I mean, even that year, like you didn't really know who. Yeah, no and then idea. and then, it, but though the years that followed for a few years there, man. Dan Bailey was like Zach Martin to where you just took it for granted. You're just like, yeah, yeah, no, I know. He's kicking. I'm, he's I got to finish writing this tweet or whatever like that. Like you're not even paying. And then it got to a point where you're like, oh, well, we got to watch these kickers because you just never really know uh, which way it's going to be. And I think that's more of the norm in the NFL than having a guy like Dan Bailey who's so automatic there. I mean, yeah. other than Justin Tucker, there's a lot of high highs and low lows in the league. So. No doubt. You, you, if you get lucky and you have one of the maybe five guys at a time that are legitimate, I mean, you feel yeah. good about the kicker position. Outside of that, you probably don't. Uh, one other piece of note or uh, news to note from yesterday, the Cowboys releasing Ronald Jones, the running back. So moving on from, from Rojo, Nick, is that a bit of 
bit of a surprise, or is this something that we kind of saw coming? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, especially, you know, once he had his groin injury during training camp, and then I, I believe it was right after that, or maybe right before that, where he got suspended for for those first two games. Uh, probably just a gentleman's agreement, like, hey, we'll let you serve your suspension here, and then, uh, you know, we're going to release you afterward. But there's still an open practice squad spot. If they wanted to bring him back, it's certainly on the table. They already do have Malik Davis on the practice squad as a mm-hmm. running back option, so you know it'd be a little bit crowded. But um, yeah, it was funny yesterday. I had asked Mike McCarthy because yesterday was the first day he was able to come back. I'd asked Mike McCarthy, uh, "Hey, so you know, have you been able to talk to Ronald Jones?" And he was very quick about. It. He's like, "Nah, I haven't had a chance to talk to him. You know, we'll we'll, we'll see." And then not twenty minutes later, he was, was released. And so I was like, "Oh, okay, well, there we go. He must have known something I didn't." But I'm uh, trying to think if, if I don't I don't I know Jason Garrett had, but I don't think that Mike McCarthy's ever like revealed any breaking news at the podium so yep. he probably knew he just didn't yeah. want to say it yeah right there especially when it comes to a cut like yeah. that i guarantee he hasn't done that he might have said something in terms of like a trade or something and now well the thing with mike mccarthy that, though is too is that he's just done this a long time so a lot of those things he probably had done in the past just because there are several things that have happened since he's been the cowboys coach where he's told us not nah, in the past I and mean, he said it yesterday about the um you know, some play calls he didn't love. And yeah. he was like, yeah, I used to sit there and say in the media what they were. And then, you know, obviously people would d- dive into him and dissect him and stuff like that. So there's like little things like that, that he probably did in green Bay, maybe early on. And it was like, no, I'm not going to be releasing any of that stuff. And then if I'm wrong or if something changes, then, you know, there's video of me saying it at a podium and that, and that's, probably a smart way to go about it yeah and also in comparison to the rest of the teams in the league the front office is so involved with the media compared to other front offices so when it comes to like those business transactions mike mccarthy doesn't want to be a part of that yeah. like knowing no. mike mccarthy he does not care about uh, sharing that info he's like hey i got people that can do that i'm good we'll we'll talk to him later <laughs> yeah well, well, well i don't want to be the source then yeah. don't let me be the source and, and he's he's good about that he's also been very good about protecting his players mm-hmm. and on the podium he's never going to throw guys under sure. the bus or at least he's he said that a that that's a point of emphasis for him because that opens him up to being like okay why did you release him and then he has to get into all the weeds of that Mm -hmm. so he yeah absolutely yeah but ronald jones out on the open market of course he hits the waivers this week and we'll see if he ends up back on the cowboys practice squad we're going to take our first break when we come back give us a call 888-855-2297 it's a talking tuesday 817-290-3298 is the text line, but we'll be taking your calls from Cowboys Nation when we come back on a Talking Tuesday with John Machota, Nick Harris, Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Talking Cowboys continues in a moment. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. 
That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from my next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a shoulder to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Back to Talking Cowboys. This segment of, of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Give us a call, 888-855-2297. You can also text us. 817-290-3298. Let's go to our first caller here on a Talking Tuesday in week three. Brian in Kansas City. You're on Talking Cowboys. How's it going, Brian? Hey, good morning, fellas. How's it going? Doing great. How? Uh, what's on your mind? Well, first of all, I didn't get to call any – I didn't get to talk to anybody on the podcast on uh, on Victory Monday, but, boy, that was just a, an unbelievable performance to watch by C.D. Lamb uh, Sunday, and that was just something. Yeah, it definitely was. And, I mean, C.D. specifically, 100 yards in the first half, and he's looked like that at certain times in his career, but he was dominant and really kind of took over to, to start things off, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so my question for you guys was, is I didn't get to see a lot of, you know, offensive line play when you're watching the TV. So if you guys developed any opinions at all, uh, we got to see Adoga and TJ Bass in the same game. Kind of give us an idea what you thought about their performance. Uh, We saw the one big bust by TJ Bass. Mm -hmm. Everybody saw that. But, you know, just what you guys thought about their performance and how they how they did. And I'll hang up and listen. Y'all have a great one. Appreciate you very much. And Brian in Kansas City starting us off with a bang. What did you think about the offensive line, Isaiah, based on what you saw Sunday night? Um, I felt like it was serviceable. I think that obviously there's room for improvement, but there's not a lot of consistency there right now, at least at one particular position, the left guard position. So it's kind of hard to expect anything greater than what we've seen. Um, Some of the guys that are getting thrown into the mix, Chumani Doga obviously did a good job against the Giants in week one. Um, You know, he filled in. There's obviously things that you want to see him improve upon, but he's young and and, and inexperienced. And then he goes down. You have to bring in another young and inexperienced guy to replace him. So I think both of those guys, they, they answered the call. They answered the call. And, you know, for a position, a positional group, 
that relies so much on chemistry, I think that they were effective enough. Um, but I think to expect more of that um, is, is maybe unrealistic based upon the, the opponents that you're going against. Like I'm clear with who the top five are. And I don't think that there's really any debate. No one's th- – those guys aren't coming in and all of a sudden no. making me change my mind. I'd be surprised if that happened. We'll put it that way. So when I look at it from, like, that perspective, it's the, okay, these guys blow out win, are getting NFL reps in game, putting out, you know, NFL tape. I'm I'm happy with that. You know, yeah. as long as no one's put – as long as you're not putting my starting quarterback in harm's way mm-hmm. – um, I'm I'm fine with just them getting those reps because to me it just those mean so much more than any other reps that they're going to get and and I think that you'll be able to as a player learn the most from those uh, in those situations so just them getting out there I think is great but now if I say that and then they get destroyed and Dak gets hurt <laughs> then I retract all my comments <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say anything um, yeah. I, acceptable job those guys that came in at left guard acceptable uh, obviously not exemplary by any means tyler smith is who you want in there mm-hmm. um but given the situation given the defensive front that they had to go up against um you know, dan quinn uh, said it um mike mccarthy said it brian schoenheimer said it that's one of the best defensive fronts we'll see all season and mm-hmm. for those guys to come in and play 40 plus snaps each and you know keep Dak relatively clean aside from a couple of hits and a couple of rough in the passer calls but uh, aside from that acceptable um I, i'll take i'll take that any sunday yeah, it, it was enough for us to build confidence in the depth, but I don't like like John said, I don't think it has any anything to do with what they've done as a, as a whole. Isaiah, since you're on camera here, what would <laughs> what would Chuma Adoga have to do to continue to build that confidence? Is it is it just predicated off of snaps, off of reps? I mean, he dealt with a little bit of an injury. It's not thought to be serious, so hopefully he comes back in the fold, but without Tyler Smith in the fold, do you feel better now that Chumadoga's played the way that he has? I'll rephrase the question. I do. I feel like, you know, to Nick's point, I think these guys have both Chumadoga and TJ Bass been serviceable. But again, you have to be realistic. What do you truly expect out of guys who have not been in this position before? And working in continuity with guys that they haven't had a ton of reps with um, aside from just training camp. So I think that what you're seeing out of them is what you can expect out of them. Now, when you when you get Tyler Smith back, then your your expectations adjust, right? Your expectations adjust. You expect to be able to move guys off the ball substantially more. You expect Tyron and Tyler Biotis to work hand-in-hand hand with them to be able to move guys, the entire defensive line two yards backwards instead of allowing them to get penetration. So, um, you know, I think I just think you have to be realistic about it. I think this is serviceable. I mean, you had 40-plus carries on the ground this, mm-hmm. this most recent game. I think, you know, you kept Dak clean, no interceptions. I mean, he wasn't rushed. He had a pocket. It's all good stuff. Yeah, they've already exceeded my expectations yeah. because I thought for sure uh, when they cut down to 53 that they would try and add a veteran offensive lineman, whether it be through a trade or signing from another team, and that never happened. So uh, obviously they had more confidence in the depth uh, than I did. And so where they're sitting right now, I mean, if Adoga can play uh, and you can give Tyler Smith another week off, I mean, that would be great. But uh, we'll see what ends up happening with that. It's a hypersented elbow, I guess. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. we'll see. Yeah, hopefully he's good to go, and that that depth does feel much better than it did initially. Let's go to our second caller, Dominic in Denver. You're on Talking Cowboys. What's on your mind, Dominic? Hey, guys. I just had two quick questions for you. I hope you guys are doing well this morning. First one is, um, who has been kind of your biggest surprise, positive surprise after two games? For me, it'd be Rico. I think he's done a great job in the backfield for us. And second question is, 
you know, let's go into your crystal ball. Let's suppose we're competing for, you know, home field advantage late in the season. What's the one position you think they're going to want to grab to kind of shore something up? Of course, you know, injuries notwithstanding, we don't know what's going to happen. So those are the two questions. Thanks for uh, doing the show. You guys are great. Yeah, thank you very much, Dominic, for the call. As always, Nick, we'll start with you. What do you think about the first question, and then we'll move on to the crystal ball? Yeah, we talked about it in the first segment, Brandon Aubrey. Uh, for for us to be sitting here after week two um, talking about, yeah, he's reliable, that's that's wild to think about coming into the season. Seven for seven on field goals, only the first missed PAT, and, and we've kind of heard the background and context of what went into that. Um, yeah, that, that would be my biggest pleasant surprise. Um, if I had to look anywhere else, I, I would say, uh, man, I, I would say, say Leighton Vander Esch uh, in, a, in a sense of his versatility um, Dan Quinn has really gotten him involved in a lot of different areas uh, moving him off the edge uh, putting him right right above the center and having him go at the quarterback um, coming downhill in the run game was what really impressed me from Sunday from Leighton so I would say certain aspects of Leighton's game have pleasantly surprised me and then Brandon Aubrey as a whole okay John? Yeah, it's still Marquis Spell for me, same as mm. it was after week one. I guess it all comes down to what, I, what your expectations were going into the season. Mm-hmm. And you see flashes during training camp and the preseason, but it's another to – pretty sure he's leading the team in tackles right now. I just didn't expect that. I mean, I I thought Jabril Cox would make the roster, and clearly they felt really comfortable with Marquis Bell and some of the other depth that they have there that they can move on from there. So if I'm going back to the start of training camp till right now, man, it's – I mean, Aubrey's a good one, but for me, it's it's yep. Marquis Bell for sure. Yeah. Osa. Osa? Mm-hmm. Biggest surprise? Biggest surprise for me. I didn't expect him to be as disruptive as he's been. I think that going into the season, I was like, okay, Osa, he's a he's a good— Like he's going to be good, but you didn't yeah. really expect him, to, I didn't be, expect him to be a mauler like he has been? I, didn't, I mean, I think right now, if you're playing Madden, you have to put some kind of emblem underneath his name. <laughs> Something I don't know what it is, but something, yeah, he needs a he needs something underneath his name, and I think there's probably eleven of those down there on the defense side of the mm-hmm. ball. But he needs he deserves that right now because he is truly impacting the game. He's not just a guy. He's not somebody that's just fulfilling a role and just does their job. Like he's disrupting the uh, offenses right now, and that's all, that's huge for this defense. Yeah, he's he, he and Micah have combined to be that that forefront mm-hmm. force. I mean, it, it's it's either one of those two guys in the backfield at almost every play. Yeah, it's not the name that you would have came up with, right? I no. mean, you know, everybody was talking about the defensive ends. You're talking about this, the the Sam Williams of the world. You're talking about the D Laws. You're talking Fowler. Fowlers. Yeah. You know, you weren't talking about Osa. You weren't talking about Osa. You he just, always looked good. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't the forefront. You, not as a disruptor. No. That is somebody that was actually getting in the backfield and causing causing some issues for them. So that's my, that's my pick. Every every game day, I have an article that goes out right as the clock hits zero. It's called Five Takes, and basically just giving five takes based off the game. And one of mine from from Sunday was Osa Digizua could be the second best pass rusher on this team. Mm-hmm. He very well could be. Look at his pass rush rating through through the first two weeks. Uh, look at the competition that he's been able to go up against, and in comparison to what that competition has done against their other teams that they've played, and how much he's getting into the backfield. Um, three sacks already. Uh, I'm I'm very interested to see what he kind of follows up with as the season goes on but demarcus lawrence obviously really good as well i think he's better in the run game we saw that on sunday mm-hmm. but also man he's really added to his pass rush game it's those boxing skills you can see you can see it being translated <laughs> throw them hands yeah. what about the crystal ball where would dallas go get somebody john if they were going to make a move and they wanted to make a deep run where would they go get somebody else if they made a trade outside yeah so for me this isn't close it's really depth on the offensive line yeah and that just like hey you're getting close to the playoffs you need a veteran guy to come in and be a swing tech heck 
with going off of what the offensive line health has been since Mike McCarthy has been head coach, I could see them potentially having to do that because of a, a starting position. I mean, you hope that doesn't happen, but there's just been so many injury issues on the offensive line the last yeah. few years that it just, man, I look at that defense and I'm like, there's nothing over there that, that I even consider. So, yeah, for me, it's it's the offensive line. What do you think? I'm right there with you. I think I'm the same way. For sure. O-line up front, depth up there. I guess if you wanted to add another position, if either Trayvon Diggs or Stephon Gilmore went down, I'd be a little bit concerned about who would fill in on the boundary, but you also have Nation Wright coming back in a couple weeks, so you know that's an option. But I would a veteran presence in that room wouldn't be bad, but yeah. offensive line is by far number one. I'm not saying this is anywhere close to offensive line, but another position could potentially be a wide receiver. And the only reason I say that is if you have injury issues there, mm-hmm. do you have the next depth piece to, to step up there? You might, and maybe that develops over, you know, the next month or so like that but that is one position kind of going back to the ty hilton thing last year yeah. where if it comes close to the playoffs you know that there's quality players out there that you could potentially add that you know veteran experience type players um that that maybe even another spot but again it's not even anywhere close to where offensive line is and it really speaks to the depth of this roster yeah. i mean clearly the, the best roster since i've covered the team mm-hmm. and when i think of the offensive line depth the next thing is just so far down the list. It's not even close. I, I'm right there with you. I think if if you're going to still point at one spot, it's still that offensive line. It, the other things would have to take movement, would have to take a certain event for it to be a necessity. Right now, offensive line depth to me is still a necessity. Nor, I mean, has it ever been shored up? Probably not. I think there's 32 teams in the NFL right now that could say that their offensive line depth probably could use a bit of an uptick. I'll say what helps, though, is that, you know, there was a lot of talk in the offseason about, you know, West Coast offense getting the ball out quick. To actually see how quick they're getting the ball out, that does does help help with my thoughts on the offensive line a little bit. Yeah. Jeremy from Woodbridge, he said, uh, did you gentlemen know that the Dallas defense has combined for more sacks and turnovers than total points allowed? Wow, that is true. That's pretty impressive. And it's probably not really close. I mean, what is it, seven 17, takeaways? I think it's 17-10. Wow. Yeah, seven takeaways, 10 sacks. Ten. So, okay, so 17 that and then 10 good. points allowed. So, yeah. yeah. His question was, how long do you think that streak can continue? <laughs> Past Arizona. <laughs> at least we can go another week we can go one more at least they just need to put up a field goal, get three, you know, probably. I can't, I can't see it. I can't see it making out of that Niners game, though. No, I don't think that would be goes that, that far. That would be really tough to do. I, I mean, that does surprise me. That said, don't get me wrong, but I think the the thing that surprises me more than that is if you just list who's scored touchdowns for this team this year and and who hasn't through two games. Yeah. I think would really surprise. I mean, uh, to, for CD Lamb to play as well as he mm-hmm. has, and I have a touchdown yet. You know, zero receiver touchdowns. Yeah, that is crazy. That yeah, it's pretty wild. Now uh, the two one five. Oh, this is Dan from Philly. He says Adoga and Martin both had to leave the game for a short period of time on Sunday. Hopefully Tyler Smith will be good good to go this week. But can TJ Bass play the right side if Martin is banged up in, in in a pinch? Do you think based off of what you've seen, you'd be comfortable putting Bass on the right side? Yeah, because left guard was actually unnatural uh, in comparison to what he's been working on all training camp. He's mm-hmm. been at right guard all of training camp through um, OTAs, all of that. That's where they've been working primarily. So it would be a little bit more natural to plug him in there. But uh, Zach Martin's going to play on Sunday if you if if I were a betting man. Oh yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I don't think it was. I think it was in and out and just a quick thing, and then he was ready to go. He'll probably forward. miss practice a couple of days and be limited, and everybody will be wondering. But he'll be on there on Sunday. Uh, Dak, or this is a Dak question from the eight four seven or excuse me eight four five. Dak looks more comfortable 
in the pocket. Do you feel like Kellen Moore was trying to turn Dak into a pocket passer rather than allowing him to flow naturally into his game? What do you think about that one, Isaiah? It's just a faster offense. It's just different. It's just totally different. I mean, it's, I, I said it all the way going back to you know Oxnard. The West Coast just allows for you to, to, to get up to the ball, make quick decisions, and get the ball out your hand. It negates the pass rush. It negates the you know, ability for people to be able to get sacks on Dak. It gives him more confidence to, you know, in terms of where he's going with his decision-making, in terms of his receivers knowing where they're going. Um, it just cleans up everything. And there's a reason why you're able to get 80 plays in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally that is it. So as a quarterback, I don't have to worry about getting sacked. I, I don't have to worry about being confused, and I get to throw high-precision passes. I have no reason but nothing but confidence that is exuding off of me because of, the, because of the system that's in place. I think the epitome of what this offense is was the first and 12 from their own three late in the first quarter, and they come out quick slant to C.D. Lamb, and he goes off for 31 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just came out. That's what they were going to do. It was a, it was a quick, quick throw. Uh, you saw Dak's improved footwork on that play as well, and, and being able to shovel it out that quick, that's the epitome of what this offense is. Yeah, he looks comfortable, but I kind of – my response to that is similar to Dak's response the other day about the interceptions. Like, I'm just not going to be one of those people that acts like, you know, this offense was just terrible under Kellen Moore. And and yeah. the, and the the longer we get in the no. season and the more success that they have on offense, I just feel like you're going to hear more of that from from people like talking about this was needed and whatever like that. Like, yeah, shaking some things up was needed, but I'm not going to be that guy that acts like it was just so bad before. Just kind of how people act like, yeah, we got to get these interceptions cleaned up. It's been such an issue for Dak Prescott. It was an issue for one year. But to act like all of a sudden it was just like it's always been so bad. How can it like I, I don't know. I just get this this sense sometimes that that people think that Kellen was like working against Dak or something like he wasn't trying to make the best offense to fit him. Like, yeah. that's what you're doing in the NFL. That's what it's you're about. trying. To, and, and, and especially on a team that has a franchise quarterbacks, one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league who's paid accordingly like that. That's what it's about. Like, you're not going to sit there and go, yeah, yeah, I know he makes a lot of money, but. This is the offense I would like to run. Like you're, you're not going to do that, or, or, or if you do, you're not going to be in in the league very long. So it's two games and everything. Yeah, yeah. Dak looks very comfortable, but I'm not going to sit here and act like, man, Dak just looked so uncomfortable last year. Like he didn't even know what he was doing because he had the 15 interceptions. Like because I, that's not the way I saw it at least. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I think it's well said because it's not all. Tony, it'll get worse too. It's not if they all. keep winning and and he's not turning the ball over, it'll man. The way some people will look at these last couple of years will just be like, oh, just. Dak was ready to be a superstar and carry this thing all the way to the Super Bowl, but Kellen was just holding them back, and I just I don't have it's time just for that. It'll really offense. crank up if they beat the Chargers. Oh, well, well, yeah. The Chargers are already 0-2, so yeah, they won't need to get to that. It'll really put up a bunch of points up. against the Niners. You know what's funny? <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. if they it's put true. up a bunch of yeah. points against That'll the Niners, just watch whole, it. Yep. You need to hit up ESPN, Kyle. Why? Because Brandon Aubrey is one of the few players that doesn't have a profile picture. Mm. I'll, I'll hit him up. I got you. He doesn't even have a profile. I don't think he has an official headshot yet. He has some of the highest fantasy points for kickers. Are you playing fantasy right now? I'm just looking at him. He's trying to help his roster. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, Tuesday during the show. Let's pick him up, man. Let's talk about Brandon Arbery. It's nice. Waiver Tuesday. Waiver Brandon Tuesday. Arbery, yeah, get your waiver wire picks in, everybody. Why would I not pick up Brandon Arbery right now? Yeah. Who okay. are you dropping? Huh? Who are you Carlson. Dropping? Okay. Wow. Carlson has me 10 points. Brandon Aubrey has 28 points. So when we come back, we're going we're <laughs> to dive choice. into Isaiah's fantasy league uh, opportunities and see what's on the waiver wire. No, facts when we come facts. back, we are going to take more phone calls. We've got Maurice and Tacoma on the line. Give us a call, 888-855-2297. Talking Tuesday continues after this.
They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJack black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Let's go to Maurice in Tacoma, Washington, Ooh, up in the Pacific Northwest. Town. What up, Maurice? What's going on, fellas? Tag town. How we do with Seattle? I see you over there, there my guy. Do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, just real quick, fellas, I, I just I'm not hearing enough about what's going on with Michael Gallup. Hmm. Like the production there is just not visible. I'm not seeing it. I don't get to see the whole field. So you guys do. Is he drawing double teams? Is he helping Lamb being able to get open? Or maybe we should be thinking about using him as some trade bait and maybe get somebody that could be a little bit more productive because I'm still not sold on Tober. So let me know what you think about that, fellas. Be easy. Thank you very much for the call, Maurice. There was one text message. Uh, I won't say the name of who said it, but it says, Is Michael Gallup missing? I just bought milk and didn't see him on the carton. Uh, yeah, that was kind of the thought process around Michael Gallup. He hasn't been productive. Jalen Tolbert, I thought, did a nice job on Sunday. I'm not going to discredit Jalen Tolbert, but are we looking at a change at wide receiver three right now? I wouldn't go that far yet, but it has been too many times when we've sat there on Mondays after the game and 
the offensive play caller has talked about how, yeah, we got to get Gallup in, in more involved. We got to get Gallup more involved. Uh, and then you don't see it happening. So I thought this game would be the perfect time. But uh, I think him being lined up, <clears throat> excuse me, on, on the other side, and it's it's tough to argue with CD's looks. Like, mm-hmm. how many times did they go to CD where you were like, man, they're forcing it. Like, if they're going to leave him open, Michael Gallup, he's he's got he's got great ability, but he's not CD Lamb. And so uh, I don't know. But there, but it's it's a great question because it. It's been a while now since we've seen him look like the old Michael Gallup. And so I don't know if it's just that they're not looking his way as much as they need to, but I have a sense that in this Arizona game, they're going to try and, and feed him a little bit more than maybe they have just to try and get him him going a little bit. But yeah, through these first two games, I just thought we'd see more impact than, than we have. But with Tolbert, I mean, I just think he's young. Like mm-hmm. you got to give him his reps and, and, and try and you know develop him. And like you said, on that series, three catches, more than he had all of last season combined every mm-hmm. game. So I think he's trending in the right direction. But the Gallup thing, I think, has to be a little bit of a concern. I, I'm not concerned yet with Michael Gallup, yet being the key word there. Um, let's look at these first two games. First game, rain played a huge factor, jumped out to a big lead, didn't really have to get involved in the past game. Uh, you could look at C.D. Lamb. He didn't even get crazy production in game one. Game two, he's lined up against Sauce Gardner the entire game, mostly. Uh, and basically using him to get CD on the other side, get CD open, get him double-digit receptions. And I'm very curious to see what you're about to say with a smile on your face, Isaiah, but I'm not concerned yet about Michael Gallup. If, we, if we're if we here this time next week <laughs> and the production is still the same, then we have a different conversation. I see, a, Kyle, I see a concerned look. Kyle's a jerk. Um, <laughs> what what did I do? You didn't ask this question, so I can't say you're a jerk. But <laughs> you're what, a jerk. what did I tell you okay. when camp first started? You told me that you were concerned about Michael Gallup. When camp first started. Yeah. We, I first got to Oxnard and I watched the first couple of practices. I, I gave like, him credit. I said, just wait on it. Just mm. wait on it. It's the same thing I'll say now. Just wait a little bit. I hope. I but, hope. But I, I think the concern now with than each, you were then? I'm the same. Okay. His day my, of reckoning is closing in. My yeah. expectations are what they've been. And it's unfortunate. I really like I like really like I really like MG. I really like MG. But unfortunately, He's, he's not the same guy since the injury. And I hate to say that because I like him a lot. But mm-hmm. like I said on day one of training camp, and I watched the individuals and I watched the one-on-ones, I said, it's not there anymore from my perspective. I can't – as a grown man, he can decide on what he's able to do. I can't mm-hmm. put that on him. But from what I see, from my eyes, it's the MG of the past is no longer there, and that sucks. And, that, and that unfortunately, that does think injuries have that effect on guys, whether it's the physical or the mental or both. Um, I've been that guy. I've been through it. I know the mental aspect of it. It's hard to overcome the mental more so than it is the physical. I'm not sure which one is having an effect on him right now, but what we're, what we're the production we've seen is a production that I expected based upon what I saw at camp. Hmm. It's tough to hear because I, I do like Michael Gallup. And I remember you telling me that initially. And I, I still think you got to give him some time. Oh, he can still catch the still ball get now. some time. He can still catch the ball. His, his problem is his agility. Yeah. The agility, I believe, has taken a substantial hit because of his injury. He can still run straight. He can still catch the ball, catch the crap out of the ball. Contested catches, he's the best. He's still the best on the team at contested catches. I believe that wholeheartedly. It's a matter of can you get off the ball? Can you get in and out of your breaks without giving away tips to the defensive back that you're about to come out of your break, that yeah. you're about to change directions? 
I don't know that he possesses that ability the way he once did. It's also disappointing just because, you know, he's paid to be like your number two yeah. receiver, but he you don't he doesn't have to be the two here. He could be like your fourth or fifth option on the offense. And and if that's the case, you would think if it's the old Michael Gallup, like, oh, there's gonna be some games where yeah, maybe he does perform like his first two, but then there's gonna be some where he absolutely eats because he's just taking advantage of yeah. you know the coverage in that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I the first two games are a little disheartening, but Hey, there's a long season to go. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, just two receptions for 13 yards for for Michael Gallup. Let's go from Michael Gallup to Michael in Savannah, Georgia, our final caller today. Mike, you're on Talking Cowboys. Yes, uh, first-time caller, long-time uh, Cowboy fan. I'm very impressed with the defense and the offense that's been played for the first two games. But my question is, do you think on the offensive side, do you think the play calling – is making a difference in this year uh, uh, season. Well, thank you for, very much for the call, Michael. Appreciate you listening. First-time caller, great question overall. Do you think the play calling has made an impact so far in the first two games? No, oh, no question. I think it's made a big impact on them taking care of the football. I yep. think it's made a big impact in, in just, you know, obviously Dak being comfortable in it and, and them, you know, the, the running game hasn't gotten off to where I think it can go. Um, but I think that comes with it the more that, that they kind of are in this offense. But, yeah, I think it's a factor, and I think that it's going to be pretty beneficial because you have a, a very seasoned play caller, and there's a lot of things that he's going to be able to do that opponents just aren't going to know. They're not going to expect from the Cowboys because they haven't necessarily seen it. You know, there's things you can look back on in his Packers past that probably, you know, give you a little bit of an indication, but I just think there's so much still there that is kind of new that, from week to week, it's going to be tough for teams to, to really know exactly where, what they're going to do. But there's definitely been, you know, a bunch of plays where guys are wide open. There's multiple plays on Sunday where CD was wide open that I'm just like, how did they even scheme this up to get him this wide open? Everybody knows that he's going to throw to CD Lamb or wants to throw to CD Lamb. So, yeah, I think it's helped for sure. But again, I'm just not going to sit there and act like they didn't have a good offense in the past. I would say compared to last year, uh, it's much more closed in much more phone booth uh, type offense in the sense that things happen quick and they're happening right off the snap I mean we saw it last week with the big CD lamb gain it was Jake Ferguson coming in quick and being kind of like a pick route quote-unquote and leaving CD lamb wide open um, but overall uh, the offense it's quick and it's it's designed for Dak to get the ball out quick that alone has made an impact on this offense. do you do you think they got ever got too cute on Sunday uh, in the red zone with some of their run plays? I, I think overall they've gotten a little too cute with using Turpin in the red zone. But mm. <laughs> um, what, yeah. about, what about uh, Peyton Hendershot? I think so. I mean, <laughs> look, you had Hunter Lipke on the other side, and he's a Here natural ball carrier. This is what I wanted. Hunter Lipke, Stan. There it is. There's our one Hunter hey, Lipke man. reference yeah, today. It's going to happen. I wanted but... to try and steer it down that <laughs> road. So. You baited me, and I just <laughs> – Got it. What do you think, Isaiah? Play calling? Uptick? It's it's different. It's, yeah. I mean, it's just different. Kellen Moore is a one heck of an offensive coordinator. I mean, let's not let's not. I mean, look at look at the stats. <laughs> I mean, look at the stats. I mean, the the, it, the proof is in a pudding. It's just substantially different. Yeah, it's it's a more complex offense in, with Kellen Moore's scheme, and that's not to say that one is better than the other. It's just more complex. There's a lot more that goes into it. The routes are deeper. The protection is is greater. That the demands, the time that it takes for guys to get down the field is more like this. Just it's just it's higher risk. It's a higher risk offense, but it's a bigger payoff in terms of big plays. Yeah. So 
higher risk, high reward. I mean, it is what it is. And then all of a sudden you come to Mike McCarthy and it's more consistent. It's like what I said at the beginning of the year. It's going to be boring. It's going to be – it's supposed to be boring. It's supposed to be a lot of plays, Keep play keep away, run the ball, get four yards per carry, three, four yards per carry, and then, you know, play action. Ta-da, that's your big play. Yeah. And, all right, move the chains. Let's do it again. The excitement comes from the defense. <laughs> yeah. the, the well, def- that's a big part like, of it too. The- like it's th- yeah, they're doing stuff that is shorter, simpler, getting the ball out. Yeah. But with it, this, <clears throat> the entire time, the way this defense has ascended over the last few years, it, it would be foolish not to play into the fact of like, hey, let's put them in the best possible situation. Mm-hmm. This is this thing over here is what we could look back on a year from now and being like. Man, that that helped us get to the Super Bowl because they're on that dominant of a level. Let's not mess that up with anything. Whereas, to Isaiah's point, let's not act like there was not times here where the offense needed to be a little bit more explosive because you didn't have that on our side of the ball. So, sorry. No, no, no. You're good. I want to ask Isaiah. Play action was really good last year. Do you Mm -hmm. feel like it's even more effective? I can't say that yet. I think that you're more dependent on the play action this year. I'll say that. I don't think the running game is anywhere. You were pretty dependent on it last year, too. You are, but, I mean, you're going to be more dependent on the run this year than you have been. Mm-hmm. I think in recent years, Kellen Moore, that was a passing offense. This is a running offense. You just are missing your starting guard. Yeah. So you can't do the things that you truly want to do. You haven't had that opportunity yet through these first two games. So you're making it You're making it work. right? You're, you're still being successful, but this is not how he wants to play ball right now. Yeah. You're missing your starting guard, and you're missing your second wide receiver outside, too. At least last week you were, because Brandon Cooks, Tyler Smith, both out. Hopefully they're able to make a return. Looks like Donovan Wilson could make a push to play this week as well. We'll have plenty more updates more tomorrow when the Cowboys are back on the practice field. We'll also preview the Dallas defensive preview tomorrow against the Arizona Cardinals. We'll have uh, a bit of a a scouting report to look at for the Arizona Cardinals, what they bring to the table in week three, but that's going to do it for us here on a Talking Tuesday edition. Special thanks to all those that texted in, gave us some great phone calls today. We'll do it again on Tuesday. Real quick, congrats to J. Lou. Yeah, J. Lou Lou made his way back on the field. Congrats to him. I don't want to overlook that by any means. That that took a lot for him to overcome that injury. That was a serious Injury. Yes, it was. All right. It wasn't. I mean, Nick Chubbs and, uh, you know, respect and prayers are for him. People see those things and they're like, oh my gosh. And it is very much so. Attention should be paid to that and prayers up to him. But what J. Lou had to overcome is insurmountable for most people. So kudos to him. Kudos to the entire training staff for getting him back on the field. Yeah, that's awesome. And he's going to be even better this week. Played limited snaps in week two. Going to hopefully see an uptick. By the way, I forgot to do it, but the Smelly sticker from the fans is uh, Tyler Biotish. Tyler Biotish got that smelly sticker taken care of. There you go. Yep, right there on the helmet. Nice job. He just recovers so, fumbles. Yeah. He's just he's downfield. He, he just Johnny Hustle. Johnny L- League leader in NFL fumble recoveries, right? As far, Going into Monday night. Going into Monday night football. So there you go. So Tyler Biotish will give you a smelly sticker on here. We'll make sure it's Great ready to hustle go. play. They need to fumble. Yeah. They, they're going to need to fumble in the end zone. So we can land on it nice. and get rewarded with <laughs> that a touchdown. Would be sweet. Yeah. Look at a Biotish touchdown. Oh, man. We've had something. a Terrence Steele touchdown before. It could happen. It could happen. Awesome. All right. That does it for us here on Talking Cowboys. We'll see you tomorrow for Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris. I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!